Well, this year has certainly brought uh, around a lot of changes, hasn't it? I mean, just think about all the masks that you have lying around your house. I have trouble sometimes remembering to put one on uh, at the beginning, and now I have trouble remembering to take it off when I'm walking around the house. Uh, yeast. Who would have thought there would be a nationwide shortage of, of yeast? I mean, who buys yeast? And then, of course, toilet paper. Really? You know, toilet paper? Uh, I love this meme. It's Lionel Richie with his famous song. You know, hello, is it me you're looking for? Our series that we're going through is called This Changes Everything because really that's what it seemed like the pandemic did. It kind of caused our values to shake, rattle, and roll, and everything got turned around and upside down, and, and certain things began to really come out. First of all, we discovered that life is more fragile than we ever thought. It doesn't take much for people to panic and hoard and buy yeast and, of course, toilet paper. We talked about how people really are more important than we ever really realized. I, I miss people. I just miss people. And then last week we talked about how simple things are important, the small things, the little things. The little things have huge importance in our lives. Well, today we want to talk about really how my life's growth is up to me, because we really have learned a lot of stuff that has helping us grow has, is gone. School, gone. I mean, our schedules got weird. Work got really, really hard. You know, we joke all about the, the COVID-19 pounds that we've, we've gained. And so even our discipline is, is somewhat messed around. And so life goes goofy and growth stops. And of course, even our spiritual growth. And that's what I would like to, us to focus on for just a few moments. But I'm going to invite you to take a moment and just pray with me, if you would, please. Lord, we thank you for this time now and this moment. And as we look into what the Bible says to us, and what your Holy Spirit speaks into us, I pray that you would bless these moments in Jesus' name. Amen. I need to spend a few moments talking just about spiritual growth um, and what it's all about. Now, we all really understand growth. I mean, all of us understand what growth is and is all about because of the different ways that we grow. For instance, there's physical growth. And remember, there's signs at Disneyland that would say you must be this tall to ride this ride, you know, and they see the tears welling up in your kid's eyes, you, you know. We also understand intellectual growth or mental growth. Um, we start out with simple math, addition, and then we go to, to subtraction and then multiplication and then division and then long division, and then we eventually get to algebra, which we never use. Honestly, my ninth grade teacher seriously overestimated how much I would have to use the quadratic equation in my life. But there's also this whole idea of what we'll call spiritual growth. The Bible says this, but grow, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says we will grow up completely in our relationship to Christ. And a lot of times we think there's just kind of this whole thing called religion, which is a term I don't like, that we just simply come to church and, and we hear it and we get it and then, and then maybe we go. But actually there's a whole concept of growth, spiritual growth of what God is doing in your life. Um, and it's not unlike any other growth part in, in your life. You become a follower of Jesus and Jesus would use the term you're, you're kind of born again. And just like 
babies have to learn to grow in different ways. We have to learn to spiritually grow in a lot of different ways. For instance, we have to understand the whole concept of forgiveness. Not just God's forgiveness of us, but all of a sudden we have to begin to learn how to have unconditional forgiveness to others. And then we begin to practice and do those things. Babies begin to to actually act and, and take on certain characteristics of their parents. And we do as well. And that's why it says, grow in the image of Christ. Why do we do that? It says this, so that we may present everyone complete and mature in Christ. You are, if you're a follower of Christ, in the process of growing. Whether you know it or not, like it or not, we're in the process of growth. And, and not only as you grow, can you grow, go on rides at Disneyland, you know how to respond, actually, when the ride you wanted to go on Disneyland is closed. You respond correctly to things because of now what we would call your spiritual growth. We'll know how to have the patience when your baby does nothing but cry and you're too tired to move. Or when your furnace no longer works. Or to have peace when the rock kicks up and, and cracks your windshield. And when they have to run more tests on your loved one. And you can have a, what the Bible would say, a peace that surpasses all understanding when you get news that a relative has passed because of COVID. Over a year ago, um, we got the word, we as a, as a church family got a word that no more indoor meetings, and so we tried to pivot fast as a church. And we have, just, we have terrific volunteers, and they helped us do online worship. And we'd record it, and we'd edit it, and you'd stay home, and you'd be able to watch church in your boxers. I mean, it was kind of a great world for many of you. But staying home for church is, is kind of like, for me, like kissing your wife through a screen door. I mean, it's there. It's not sane. I mean, I love the way we do it, and I love the production and all that, but you know, meh. It's just meh. And some of you have felt the same way. And so I started getting calls, and people would begin to say, can you just walk me through this? Because I'm feeling like I'm distant from God now. You know, And why do I feel so blah? And why do I feel like I lost my way with God? Things are just not the same in my spiritual life. And it's so hard. And I would say to them, congratulations, you know, you're normal. Because all of us go through up times and down times. But we've hit a point where God is really showing us that just simply coming to church is not enough. In fact, I have to own my spiritual growth, or spiritual growth is up, is up to me. Growth just doesn't happen on its own. Spiritual growth just doesn't happen. There's a great verse that says this. It says, for physical training is of some value, but godliness, that would be spiritual training, is of value in everything and in every way, since it holds promise for the present life and the life to come. And it's going to compare now spiritual training or spiritual growth with physical training or physical discipline or working out. Have you seen those, those commercials for Peloton? You know, the Peloton? Peloton is this exercise bike, and it's for impossibly good-looking and fit people because that's always who's on the ad. 
And anyway, these really good-looking and fit people always live in either a huge, spacious house that overlooks a forest, or it's a huge and spacious apartment that overlooks New York City. And of course, they always have a corner window which they can get up at dawn, they can work out. And of course, in the apartment across the street, in the corner window, is another impossibly fit and good-looking person. And they actually are able to, to connect somehow wirelessly, and they do this race together and all that. And it's dawn, they look at each other, and they flirt, and they race, and wow, you know, yeah, and woo, you know. And they get the nice glisten sweat on their body. And, and then, of course, always at the end of Peloton, you have to do this. You know, you have to ride like this because you've, you've, you've done enough. Now, if I get one, I figure finally, if I buy a Peloton, I can also, it also comes with a corner window in a New York City high rise, right? And you just roll out of bed, and of course, all the lights automatically come on, and I'm fit and good looking, and boom. It's not that easy. And you know that. Your exercise bike is on the back patio, resting, and it's cold right now, and the towel you usually use to dry the dog after a bath is, is laying on top of it. And, 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 and I know I just ripped on Peloton commercials. I'm trying to remember where I'm going with this whole story. Oh yeah, spiritual growth is, is, like, is like physical discipline. Physical growth. I have to own it. And there's work involved. And you have to get up. And it's not easy in an apartment overlooking New York City because we don't own that. Sometimes it's cold and damp. But if I don't own it, it doesn't happen. Now, it has benefits. Remember the verse, physical training is of some value. It has some value. But now it's going to make a comparison. But godliness, spiritual training, is a value in everything, in every way. So how do I put myself in a position to grow spiritually? How do I do that? Well, coming to church is not enough. It's just not. Coming to an outdoor worship or an indoor worship or watching it on a screen honestly is, is not enough. It's important. Um, but it's not enough. There's more to it than that. Jesus makes a great statement. He says this. This is the words of Jesus. He says, remain in me, remain in me, and I will remain in you. And then he's going to use the kind of the analogy of a garden or of a branch. He says this, just as no branch can bear fruit by itself unless it remains in the vine, neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. First way I have to do this and to really grow spiritually is open my life to God in my, in my day-to-day. I've shared this before, but um, there's a great scene in Karate Kid, the, 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 the old one, the original one, and uh, it's now popular again. Mr. Miyagi asked Daniel, who is now going to be his pupil to learn karate, to wax his car. Remember that? He would say, okay, Wax on, you know, and then wax off. Wax on, wax off. And so, and so, so the kid, man, he, he, he waxes all these cars. And he's got a lot of them. You know, wax on, wax off. You know, wax on, you know, wax off. And then he says, okay, now I want you to paint the fence. You know, 
paint, you know, stroke, 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 stroke. And, and, and finally, the kid begins to complain that he's not doing karate. All he's doing is waxing and, and painting. And, and so Miyagi, what he does is, you know, the, the, the teacher, Mr. Miyagi, he goes to strike and he says, okay, you know, Daniel, wax on it. He goes to strike him and, and, and Daniel just does this. He's able to block it. He goes, you know, wax on. And he strikes him again, wax off. And he's able to have it burned into his memory, the different movements. Because in the day-to-day, he was able to learn the correct movements to help him in different areas of his life and fighting. Obeying God becomes significant in all parts of your life. And I learned and experienced the forgiveness of God. It says, forgive as God forgives me. I need to know how much he forgives me. And so in the day-to-day parts of my life, I submit and learn about God's forgiveness. I learned that God's forgiveness for me is unconditional. Without my earning it, I learn that. I learned how badly I've messed up before God. And all of a sudden, I'm learning these small things. God has loved me. God has forgiven me. And all of a sudden, I come now into the real world of having to forgive you. And it's burned into my heart. Forgiveness. Forgive that. You mess me up. How hard is it for me to forgive? In the day-to-day part of my life, Knowing God, I have learned now how to respond. Here's a version of Romans chapter 12 in the Bible. It says this, Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life. Place it before God as an offering. Every part of your life. Second is this, draw close to God daily. Jesus is going to continue this whole vine and branch thing. He says this. He says, I am the vine, you're the branches. If you abide in me, stay attached to me, and I in you, you'll bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. The idea is to stay attached. Staying attached close to God daily. Growing up, I, I had a basketball hoop in, in our driveway, like many of you, and, and unfortunately, the only place to put it there on the garage, my, we had a little planter over here about, about 10 feet there, and unfortunately, I was not that good at shooting baskets, and the basketball would sometimes bounce off and go towards the planter, and um, bam. And I still remember the sound. And the kitchen window was right above the plants, and so my mom couldn't see the plants getting obliterated, but she can certainly hear them. And, and all of a sudden, there'd be a crunch, and she would say, is everything okay out there? You know, and I'm frantically trying to prop up the branches that had gotten knocked off. And sure enough, all those branches that had gotten just completely smushed by the basketball were what? They were dead, dead. I'd say Sunday morning worship is not enough for your spiritual life. It just can't be. Daily connection is what we want. And I would say that if, if, if you and I, if we're not getting into our Bible and praying um, daily, we're going to start losing that nourishment that we need to stay strong. A few weeks ago, uh, well, we just finished a Zoom study on a couple books of the Bible, Galatians and Ephesians. It's great. 
time. We wanted to kind of experiment on what a Zoom study looked like, and it worked well. And, and, and actually, we'd like to do it again. And if you would be interested, and if we have enough people to start another one, on just how to figure out the very basics of what the Bible is all about and how to get into it, we'll do it. Just, just let us know. Just text me or email the church or connect with us some way, and, and we'll try and get something going. But let us know because growing, our spiritual growth is too important not to put time into it. Okay, the next thing. Stay on the main road. And here's where I'm going to get people bugged at me. And, 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 and it's really important for me to share this. And so um, here we go. I, I have heard countless times in the past months, and I've been asked a bunch of times, is the COVID vaccine the mark of the beast? You know, and I've heard if you get vaccinated, it's going to be really difficult to pray because they've made it so the vaccine kind of disconnects you from God. And, and I've heard if you get vaccinated, you're not trusting in God. And this COVID thing has given birth just to a whole bunch of actually spiritual conspiracy theories. And I kind of want to say, oh, what's wrong with us? Christ followers will sometimes, for some strange reason, go down each fantastic side road, whether it's the COVID or whether it's the government or who the Antichrist is or where is America and biblical prophecy or numerology and numbers in the Bible and how this calamity will fulfill all the last day prophecies. And it shouldn't surprise us because these exact same statements and things have been going on for 2,000 years. It's not new. What is new is we now have a media that can make this stuff spread like wildfire. Theologian and Pastor John Piper says that there's a certain kind of personality, I guess better, a spiritual condition maybe that seems unable to be able to be profoundly engaged in the great grandeur of God and rejoice in the great glorious realities of faith. And sometimes we just want to drift to the margins or go down the side roads. I, I remember a Christmas message um, one time, I, I believe it was Christmas Eve, and we were talking about how, the, how when Jesus came, so incredible was this movement of God to coming into time and space. It's like, it's like, the gap between the, the heavenlies and the earthly were almost just simply bursting at the seams and the angels just kind of spilled out and the, and the glory of God was revealed to a bunch of shepherds and how awesome and incredible it was. And, and, and afterwards, after talking about the grace that was revealed to the shepherds and the grace that's now revealed to us in Christ, after church, a guy came up and said, Paul, those angels, you know, we've just talked about this, massive thing that God is doing. I've always wondered, um, what color hair do you think they had? It didn't surprise me. It just kind of saddened me. Because these things sometimes have the appearance of wisdom, um, but really don't have any substance. And, and we can be exposed to the greatest reality in the universe and yet have a fascination of marginal speculations. 
The Bible says this, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of the resurrection. I want to know Jesus, period. And that's the main thing, loving Jesus so deeply that we're ready to die for him. And we have to depend upon his life moment by moment. And, and, and if you have a tendency to go this route, you know, and, and if you have a tendency to go down any side road, ask someone and say, man, I have a tendency to sometimes get off the main highway here and go off onto these side issues. Will you help me keep the main thing, the main thing? That leads me to the next one. Get other people around you. Get, get others around you. Um, the Bible says, let's consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. That has nothing to do with online service versus live service, and it has nothing to do with meeting indoor or outdoor. It has everything to do with staying connected with people to help you grow. It's about accountability. It says, but encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Life groups and friends and accountability partners, people that are just simply asking you and get them around you. It's up to you. How are you doing? Just like physical discipline. How are you doing? And can I go for a run with you or can we pray together? Okay, last one. Believe what you can become. I mean, believe and just begin to imagine as you spiritually grow what you can become. So I signed an app for something. Um, it popped up. It says, see what you'll look like as you grow up. And they showed a picture uh, uh, of a little, little kid, you know, and as she grew, you know, she looked like this and this and this, and, this, and it has her going, you know, from 5 to 10 to 15 to 20, 25, you know, 35, 40, you know, and then, and then to 65 and all that. And I thought, wow, that's, that's pretty cool. And then I thought, wait a second, what kind of sick person really wants to do this? You know, wants to see what they look like when they're old. You know, what kind of sick person would do this? Well, I guess a person like me, because certainly I did it, and, and, I, and I put my picture in here, you know, and I progressed my age, and here's what I'm going to look like in 10 years. Here you go. Here you go. 10 years right now. Okay, so envision yourself, not what you will physically look like as you spiritually grow, but envision yourself if God got a hold of every part of you. Envision yourself being more loving towards people. Begin to believe in how you can become more patient because it's there. More peaceful. The Bible says this, the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is love, it's joy, it's peace, it's patience and kindness and goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. As we set our heart and our mind on the daily, the daily abiding with God and we get other people around us, as we focus on the main thing, as we not just simply wait for Sunday morning, but we take time to understand what's in Scripture and to grow with others, envision yourself being more like this. Okay, end of COVID, hopefully. Lord willing, please. What's changed? Everything. Everything's changed. And I hope lots of things have changed in you and me. Church, honestly, is not the only place you're going to find spirituality. In fact, 
is not even the best place. You find spirituality in Jesus. Jesus and Jesus alone. The Lord's Supper that we took just a few moments ago is the core of that. Christ died for you. He died because he loves you so much. And he was able to take your sins upon himself and in his sacrifice, God was able to look at you and declare you not guilty and as not guilty now, he can have that full relationship with you. And that's the truth of Jesus being real. Our growth is not dependent upon service indoor or outdoor, songs that are good or not, messages that are boring or thrilling. It's based upon God at work in your life. The Holy Spirit, God's Spirit in you to build you and help you grow. And that's what we can be. Would you pray with me, please? God, I thank you that you just simply don't leave leave us here to go to church and walk home and be the same, but you profoundly want to change us the deepest part and every part, and I pray that we would surrender ourselves to you. God, we'd be able to keep you in the very, very center depths of our heart, and we thank you in your name.